Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale, and I thank you for joining with me today. Are you not always amazed when you read the Word of God, when you study the Word of God, when you meditate upon the Word of God, when you reflect upon it? Uh, amazed at how much the Lord has revealed to us. Uh, just from an informational point of view, just how much information is there, aside from uh, what all the information is actually saying, <laughs> the impact that it has in our lives. Uh, you know, when I look at Jude, which is where we are right now, uh, I'm like that because every word it, uh, means something. <laughs> it is so substantive, and it speaks so to where we find ourselves as the body of Christ today, particularly uh, the body of Christ in the Western world. Because if you remember what happened, Jude was writing to a group of people uh, that in all likelihood were Jewish believers. They were true Christians, but they were Jewish background. And I believe that because of the examples that he uses. The examples come out of the Old Testament and come out of uh, other Jewish literature that they would have known. And so he wanted to write to them about their common salvation. He wanted this to be an uplifting letter. Boy, he's going to tell us more truth, you know. But he says, you know, I find it necessary to appeal to you that you contend earnestly for the faith. And so that's the reason I keep reiterating this with us over and over again, because it is necessary today for us to contend earnestly for the faith. Why is that? Because certain people have crept in unnoticed. In this particular situation that Jude's speaking of, these people have come in and he calls them ungodly. He describes them as being ungodly, so they're not saved. And they turn the grace of God into licentiousness. That is rampant within the body of Christ today. And basically what that means is this, that people think that they can come and be religious and be in a right relationship with God and do whatever they want to sin-wise because God's grace will cover it. All we have to do is say, oh, we're sorry, and then we move on and do it again. Oh, we're sorry. And if that is your attitude going in, that reveals that your heart has not been transformed. So they had done that. We do that today. And then they denied our only uh, master and Lord, Jesus Christ. And so even though they would profess to be Christians, and even though they were part of this body and hanging out with these folks, they denied that Jesus was master and Lord. They probably just felt like that he was another God in their pantheons of gods. Okay. Anyway, these people had crept in. And then Jude describes that the Lord is going to judge them in the same way that he judged those that did not believe that came out of Egypt, in the same way that he judged the angels, in the same way that he judged Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? The Lord is going to judge them. And we saw in the last episode that they have gone the way of Cain. In other words, they are going before God and seeking to worship God in their own way. They want to worship God according to the way they want to approach him, the rules that they have set up, and not in the way that the Lord has said. They've rushed headlong into the Aram of Balaam, which means they're going after the money and they're doing all they're doing for the money. And then they perished in the rebellion of Korah, the idea being that they're denying uh, the godly leadership and they're wanting to go their own way. Now, let's look at verse 12 and 13 today. It continues to describe these men. These are the men, this verse 12, these are the men who are hidden reefs in your love feast when they feast with you without fear. Now, these two verses, 12 and 13, are all one sentence. And so instead of reading it all, because it's actually got a lot of little things, uh, 
I'm just going to deal with each one of them as we go through. A hidden reef, R-E-E-F. And if you've ever lived anywhere near the coast or water or anything like that, or even a lake, you know the danger of reefs, of shallow water, of land that's right below the surface. And if you're not careful, if you're on a boat or a set of skis or something like that, and you hit that, you are in serious trouble. So that's how he describes them, that there are hidden reefs in your love feast. So as you're gathering together as the body of Christ, they're there. And boy, they're feasting with you and they're feasting with you without fear. They don't fear God. They don't fear you. They're hidden reefs. They're right underneath the water and nobody knows it. The next phrase, caring for themselves. Ah, so what's their primary concern? What's their primary focus? Themselves. It's all about them. And, you know, we don't have to think very hard or observe very astutely to see that day in and day out, even within the professing body of Christ. I mean, you sit there and you see people go on and on and on, and they do it in the name of God, and they do it in the name of what's good for our church and all this, and all you hear is all about them, and it's all about them. So that's how these men were. He describes them like this. They're clouds without water. That's a great phrase. You know, they look like clouds, which brings what? Forth the promise of rain, the promise of provision of the rain that we need. He said, they look like the real thing, but they don't have water. And so they're clouds without water, carried along by winds. In other words, <laughs> they just, whatever wind, <coughs> excuse me, whatever wind of doctrine is blowing, right? They're going to get caught up in that wind of doctrine. Boy, they're going to look great. And they're going to look wonderful. And he said, they have no substance. They're clouds without water. He continues the same idea. They're autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, uprooted. So they look like trees at the end of the production season, okay? Everybody thinks, oh, look at this. It's the time of year when we have fruit. The leaves are starting to die off, and you go, there's no fruit. And he calls them doubly dead. Not only are they dead related to fruit, they're dead related, related to the root Okay, the root of everything. He says they're uprooted. Then verse 13, he continues the description. They're wild waves of the sea, casting up their own shame like foam. And if you've ever seen the sea, which you probably have in news counts here recently with all the hurricanes we've had this summer, you see the sea being cast in the waves back and forth and the foam that's created. He describes their shame like that. He says that's all they are. And then he describes them like this, the last description. Wandering stars for whom the black darkness has been reserved forever. Wandering stars. Because, you know, at this time, uh, when this was being written a couple thousand years ago, man knew a lot about the stars. They gave great heed to the stars. You see it in, the, uh, in Genesis, the sun, moon, and stars were given for signs and for seasons. Well, we can determine seasons, for we can determine daytime, nighttime, but also for signs. And so they gave heed to this. But they saw that there were some stars that wandered about. They didn't move in the same march throughout the heavenlies as the other stars did. Well, we call those wandering stars today planets. Okay, they were the planets. They were observing those. And so what he's saying is that these men are just like these wandering stars that you see in the heaven. Instead of being a part of all the host of the stars that we see night after night, these are moving in and out in a way uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And that's how he's describing them. So let me back up and read this all together. This is who these men are. These men who are hidden reefs in your love feast, when they feast with you without fear, caring for themselves. 
They are clouds without water carried along by wind. They are autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, uprooted. They are wild waves of sea casting up their own shame like foam. They are wandering stars for whom the black darkness has been reserved forever. And that's interesting, the black darkness, because we saw at the beginning that he said that he was going to bring forth his judgment upon these men. Remember that? He's going to bring forth judgment upon the ones, uh, he's speaking of Sodom and Gomorrah, undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. Actually, that judgment that is going to be coming is that type of judgment. It will be so hot, and it will be a lake of fire, but it will be totally dark. Totally dark. And you've seen maybe an alcohol fire? <laughs> well, no, you haven't. Because if you see an alcohol fire, you can't see the flame. It's outside our visual spectrum, but it burns even worse. And that's how he describes these folks. He says, uh, it's reserved for them. Their judgment is coming. But I tell you what, we must do what he was encouraging these folks to do, to appeal and contend earnestly for the faith. Otherwise, we're going to be deceived. Otherwise, people will not know the truth. Again, I'm Dale, and I thank you for being with me. I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.